0: Beauty and aesthetics seem to be one of the least discussed branches of philosophy, yet occupied the minds of some of the greatest philosophers such as Plato, Aristotle, Kant, and Hume, just to name a few. Its appeal is immediately obvious, however, when someone asks the seemingly simple question of exactly what beauty is. The conversation that typically follows involves topics such as, what exactly are standards of beauty, if these standards are objective or entirely in the eye of the beholder? And under what circumstances do we or do we not encounter beauty? Some say beauty is rare. Others, that it is around us all the time if we would just look. That the outward self is just a grotesque veneer that true beauty resides within. I mean, is the song that's playing in the background right now beautiful? Or the last time you and your friends got together and played Mario Party? Or the weekend morning that just involves a cup of coffee, a book, and a cat purring in your lap because it loves you. Whatever the perspective, it seems beauty is something that matters to us, whether we find it in a sunset, a soaring aria, or in the eyes of our loved ones. Join us as we explore the practical side of beauty in this first of a two-part series on the subject.
1: Hi there, and welcome to Open Door Philosophy. I'm the radiant Taylor Jones
2: and i'm the pretty andrew
0: yeah, indeed and rounding out things i'm the perfectly flawless derek Persons.
1: Oh, and welcome to episode 75 where for the first time on the podcast we'll discuss the philosophy of beauty but first how's it going everybody <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's funny why, why are we laughing I don't know. Uh, because Taylor didn't say what I wrote. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, <laughs> well, it was silly. It's very silly. <laughs> yeah. What, what did you write? Oh, you don't say it? No, I do, but I want to oh, uh, get it in the oh, recording.
0: Oh, well, Taylor has to say it. You oh, know.
1: goodness. Mr. Parsons wrote, but first, what's the habs, my boys? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it wouldn't have made any sense if I said it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's not something I would ever say, like naturally.
2: Well, of course not. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to lose all respect if you said that, Taylor. Oh, okay. Good thing I didn't. (laughs) What's the haps, my boys? (laughs) Uh, I guess I'll go first.
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm doing fine. It's Friday. Um, So, you know, here's the weekend. This is another one of our afternoon recordings, so who knows what's going to happen. But, uh, you know, this last week we had the big deep chill down here in Houston and frankly across the entire United States. Uh, we hope everyone made it through that unscathed. It's gonna be a little chilly this weekend as well For us it'll get below freezing in the evenings. There's your weather report for the week uh but anyway, it's Friday. We had a short week at school this week. I have no homework to grade this weekend, so uh that's all fantastic
2: anyway how are you andrew good i'm 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 good uh i'm it was a little cold but it was it was a nice little extra vacation i think we had more of a frost than a cold than a freeze you know uh compared to the rest of the u.s i saw some pictures of different oh, parts, yeah it's just like oh gosh there's snow places so we had no mm-hmm. snow it was just kind of frosty on the roads and that's why they canceled school but that's what a snow day here is in texas so yeah that's it how about you taylor
1: um good In terms of the freeze, though, a lot of the roads, at least that I would have needed to take to get back to school, were iced over, like undrivable, unsafe, shut down. So kind of some of both. Not everything was. That's because Texans
0: don't know how to drive Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. That's the real problem. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and we have no way of like de-icing. or Yeah, we have no infrastructure to
0: handle that type of stuff. If you're in Colorado, like within 48 hours, the entire state, Mm -hmm. even the small roads are like plowed and salted and sanded. Uh, you know, we don't have that here.
1: Mm -mm. Other than that, though, I'm back at school. Uh, Baylor did not cancel. So class happened on Tuesday without me because I was at home. Um, what else? I don't know. Hit the ground running. So I'm going to be kind of busy this weekend, but I don't know. It'll be nice to be kind of back in the swing of things.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Taylor, how would you give your uh, very long Christmas break? How many stars out of five?
1: Oh, mm, probably like 4.75 stars. 4.75, 4.
0: okay. Yeah, it was good.
1: Very yeah, relaxing. I
0: should have used a 40-point scale. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that right, Math? Anyway. I don't. Well, know. good. I'm glad you had a good long break. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew and I had a slightly... Unexpected break this weekend because mm-hmm. of some yeah, snow days. So. Nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah, no complaining. I didn't get out of my pajama bottoms the entire oh, day.
1: Very nice.
2: <laughs> it was very nice. I have spirit week next week at school, on our last is pajama day. And Ooh. I think this is the first year that I'll actually do this because I thought that was hideous and ugly when I was in high school. Oh, that's <laughs> daring to allow a pajama day. I know. I agree.
1: One year on pajama day in Mr. Yeah. Parsons. Oh. <gasps> Whose pajama day fits were iconic. Uh
0: yeah, go <laughs> ahead, just say it.
1: Now one year, y'all all the admin had to wear onesies. And you wore what, a unicorn onesie? It was like rainbow and everything.
0: I wore a unicorn onesie. Uh <laughs> yes. Um uh, maybe we'll put it on the insta. No. It was pretty epic, I won't lie. Um I'll never do it again in my life. It was so
1: iconic. You should do it again. <laughs>
0: I felt like a complete idiot that whole day. But anyway, I'm glad 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 that I did it for the children. Oh man. Well, uh, let's see. We have actually a pretty exciting announcement and I think Andrew's gonna handle that.
2: Yeah, we we prefaced this last week or last two weeks ago when we released mm-hmm. our twenty twenty four upcomings, but our newsletter is finally out. Well, it's not finally out, but you can sign up in our description in Spotify, YouTube, or you can go to our website at OpenDoorPhilosophy.com to sign up. You just click the link, fill in some info with your first name and your email, and you'll be signed up. You'll get right when you sign up a little tidbit, and then our first newsletter will be released in February. So look forward to that.
0: Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, we don't really have a, a big social media presence. We have the an Instagram, and that's really it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know that we want any more than that, to be honest. Yeah. And, uh, and our website, which is, of course, so good. <laughs> There's really not a lot there. So this is a good way for us to connect with listeners, and, um, and we're excited
2: about doing it. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of fun. One might say it's a beautiful idea. <laughs> it's a good uh, transition to the episode. Oh, thanks so much. what are we going to talk today about? I know we had the intro, but if people are skipping to the middle, uh, what are we going to talk about today specifically?
0: Okay, so this is going to be a uh, two-part episode. We're kind of taking two very different approaches to this topic uh, in both episodes. So our topic is beauty and aesthetics, and really we're talking more specifically about beauty. Uh, Beauty and aesthetics are connected for sure, um, but they can be treated separately. So we're just going to focus on beauty uh, and aesthetics makes its way into it, then so it does. So this first episode, we're just going to introduce a lot of what would be considered common questions about beauty in all kinds of different ways. Everything from the the nature and definition of beauty, which of course can be very philosophical, um, how it's used in everyday life, what is its meaning, what should we do about it when we encounter it, things like that. And we'll just kind of bat those those around. And then the next episode, we are going to look very specifically at what philosophers throughout different eras, uh, the classical period, uh, medieval, modern, and postmodern, are we calling it postmodern? I guess we should decide yeah. on the show what we're going to call mm-hmm. it. Contemporary? Postmodern yeah. sounds so. Uh, what's that guy's name?
2: Foucault. Foucault,
0: thank you. It sounds so Foucaultian to say postmodern. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so that's what we're doing. So today's going to kind of be covering just its scope. And then the next episode, we'll move into some deeper discussion of topics. So anyway, we're gonna start. I don't know. You guys have anything to say before we jump right in?
2: I'm surprised this is the first time we're doing this, but uh, it should be a it should be a good little series. It's one of the lesser talked about
0: branches of philosophy. Uh, I kind of base that on my own experience, and uh, when I talk to other people in the ph- philosophical community, um, who teach, yeah, like very very few people really really talk about it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it seems like something that people talk about on the regular, yeah. but not philosophically.
1: In, my, um, in one of my philosophy classes, we were just talking about kind of general, the four big branches of philosophy, and my professor mm. had said that aesthetics tends to be kind of the least talked about and also considered, I don't like to say least important, but compared mm-hmm. to, right now, compared to metaphysics and epistemology and then ethics, it kind of occupies that bottom spot, but philosophy fluctuates so much through time that sometimes it's regarded as more important sure. and sometimes it's not so much and other things are more important.
2: Yeah. I wonder if there's a reason for that uh, because, I mean, it does, uh, many aspects of uh, philosophy of philosophy as a whole or, or for, for philosophy of aesthetics, I think, and this might be a controversial thing to say, I think that they can often be kind of broken down into objects of uh, metaphysics and mm-hmm. of, of of epistemology and in my i kind of think it's it's a nice blend of the two uh whereas you know metaphysics we're talking about things like properties and what makes a thing a thing mm-hmm. and in uh, epistemology how how are we knowing about a thing uh, or how do we know things in general and so uh, talking about art and beauty, what makes something beautiful? Okay, that's a that's a good combination of metaphysics and epistemology. Yeah, and so I think that's a reason why. I think, secondly, a reason why is that uh, it's a fun question to talk about. But what does it really matter mm-hmm. if we debate? Like, okay, cool. Our definition of beauty's changed. I still might find something beautiful. So I think, in a, the practical sense, when we're comparing that with something like ethics or political philosophy, which has right. uh, big world ramifications uh, with changes to those systems. And then we have things like metaphysics, which deals with things like God, which is extremely important to you know 70% of the world at least, and really 100% because we should be counting atheists in there too. And mm-hmm. then if we have things like epistemology, I mean, that's mm-hmm. a big topic now where we're talking about how we know things like gender and sexuality and key issues about our identity around the world. I mean, that's a big one in the topic. And so uh, the ramifications of aesthetics are just maybe more for fun. And so I think those are a few reasons why aesthetics is probably not a big big topic of conversation.
0: Yeah, those are all great points. But yet at the same time, we want to live in places, we want to inhabit places that Are enjoyable to be in. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that atmosphere is created by what we might consider at least aesthetically pleasing, if not beautiful. Mm -hmm. Much has been said about, like, you know, Soviet architecture and Eastern European architecture during the Soviet period and how brutalist it was, um, just not. Enjoyable to look at. Um, we want our houses not only to be comfortable, but we want nice things in our houses that make us happy. And and that does seem when I when even when I say that we want nice things in our house that makes us happy, uh, that does seem you know really unimportant. Uh, but yet, if we deprive ourselves of beauty, however we're going to define that, if we deprive ourselves of those things, uh, then life just simply isn't enjoyable. And then that can even link to what we might, you know, talk about like with the good life, as we're talking about um, philosophically from a sort of ethical, moral standpoint.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think it's also interesting to think about how aesthetics can mirror and kind of be on the cutting edge or forefront of different developments throughout history. Like when a new era comes about, say, like postmodernism, art is one of the first things that catches on and starts shifting and developing to reflect different ideas. And I think it's cool to look at how aesthetics resemble like the current thought of the time or like Mm -hmm. embody a specific period. Cause you can see Renaissance architecture and know that that's Renaissance Mm -hmm. architecture. And then by looking more into that, see why they made specific design choices and what they were doing. Like the architecture of churches You Mm -hmm. can see how, based on shifting church shapes and where the churches were located in a town, all of that has to do with aesthetics, but it also has to do with how the church was organized internally and what value the church had to that specific society and potentially how much power it had and who was the focus of the church. Was it the pope? Was it the people? And that sort of thing, which I think also Mm -hmm. gets lost when we just see, oh, it's a pretty church. And that's cool to recognize that, but there's also so much more.
2: That's a great point. So, the philosophy of beauty. What are some things that you guys find beautiful? Hmm. (laughs) This one shouldn't be, I don't think, a hard question. Uh, No. You you paused, and I'm curious why.
0: Well, I I paused because I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um in our show notes i wrote types of beauty and I, uh, the, the first thing i was going to say is relationships mm. um, i think are beautiful certain relationships obviously
2: mm-hmm.
0: but the fact that something like relationships between humans exist mm-hmm. i find that idea beautiful and how it's carried out and how it's meaningful full for people uh, very beautiful i find the natural world beautiful um but mm-hmm. then uh yeah like a I, I was getting ready to say like oh maybe not this part or that part or type of landscape or whatever but I find all of all of nature beautiful but I'll stop there because I don't want to I don't want to take something you all think is beautiful.
1: I want to second you on nature. I think there's something about being in nature, especially if you're kind of out a little bit, a little ways from the urban area, like say in the mountains, where you can just appreciate the beauty of the earth. And kind of see all the simple things. But I also think Andrew may have like issues with this. But I think that a lot of things, like almost everything has beauty in it. And you Mm. just have to look for it. Like not Mm -hmm. everything is going to come out and be like, I'm beautiful. And know from the jump. But there's, I think there's a lot of beauty in knowing things. And like the intimacy that comes with knowing another person. Mm -hmm. Or like being familiar with something. You start to notice small details you may have overlooked. And I think that mm. can be very beautiful.
0: That's a good point. Andrew, what do you find beautiful?
2: Well, I don't know what I, I don't know what I find beautiful, uh, but it's, I think, and sorry, that's. <laughs>
0: what a dodge. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, it's a big dodge. Well, I'm just thinking there's some beautiful answers that you guys had uh, and they've got me thinking because what you, and I think this is good, good to the point, And it's right. Uh, Both of you are saying that beauty is a property. Mm -hmm. You're not saying beauty is a substantive thing Mm -hmm. that is, you know, by itself. And you're saying that beauty is a thing of something. It's like a property, like saying that something is tall or short or, you know, uh, the house is 30 feet tall that 30 feet tall is a property of the house itself. So beauty is a property like that of a measurement or of a, you know, of a quality or of an mm-hmm. aspect. And mm-hmm. so I think that's a good initial place for us to, I mean, not necessarily to start, but I'm glad that we're able to see that when we think about beauty. Uh, it's a property and that might sound obvious, but I think that's a really key starting place for us and we're mm-hmm. coming in and thinking about like, possible definitions of beauty
0: yeah of course it's notoriously difficult to define beauty is like i can't remember what supreme court justice it was um Oliver wendell
2: holmes probably
0: oh, i can't even remember what it was
2: uh was he talking about pornography um oh you're thinking of i think of uh ruth bader ginsburg mm-hmm. for pornography where she says uh i can't define it but i know it when i see it
0: yeah, I can't define it, but I know it when I see it, and a lot of people appeal to that when they talk about beauty as far as definition, because it is so difficult to define, and and because of its difficulty to define, that's when people begin talking about its subjectivity, uh, or or beauty is based on cult, uh, on cultural biases, and uh, rather than some sort of objective property, if we're talking about properties of beauty, but yes, it's it's very difficult to define.
2: Sorry, that's Justice Porter Stewart. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. OK. About that. Good. Is the, uh,
0: is the subject correct though? Yeah,
2: I think okay. so.: yeah. Do you know beauty when you see it?: Because that's, that makes you the individual, the judge of beauty then.
0: Mm. Uh, that, well, that's a great question. It makes, uh, you know, I, it makes me think of another question, is like, does beauty exist without humans?
1: I think yes.
2: That's that that's the big question
0: here. Uh, Taylor jumped on that like a, like a fish on a worm. <laughs> yeah. No, go ahead and say something about that, Taylor.
1: Well, I was thinking about that when Andrew brought up the first question in that like something like a mountain. It's going to exist without us and it's if we call it beautiful or not, it can still be beautiful. It doesn't need us to put that label on it. I mean, maybe if you think beauty is a humanly devised Uh, concept property yeah if we've created the concept of beauty and it's only existing within the human mind to call things beautiful but I guess I also just don't think that I think that if something's beautiful it's beautiful no matter what even if we're not there to see it or call it beautiful our presence doesn't make something beautiful so why would us calling something beautiful mean it is or is not so
2: yeah I mean I I don't I don't disagree with that I have a big I don't want to show my cards too quick but I I definitely <laughs> uh, I definitely would agree with that. I think that beauty is probably more than likely not a human dependent mm-hmm. concept um mm-hmm. because well maybe that's what my intuition says beauty is like a little devil on the side of my shoulder but uh, <laughs> maybe I don't want to believe that. Yeah, what about you Mr. Parsons?
0: Uh, I mean, you know, we risk jumping into talking about Plato here, (laughs) uh, which we're certainly doing in the next episode. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know if there's such a thing (laughs) as that like being both, I think what human beings, uh, bring to a subject like Mm -hmm. a mountain, if that's what we're going to talk about, what we bring to that subject is important and maybe has something Mm -hmm. to do with a type of beauty, but I do believe I guess I'll show my cards. Uh, I do believe there is some type of uh, objective beauty that has, it doesn't require human observation. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. And maybe I, maybe I assumed a a conclusion earlier when I said that what we were describing beauty as was a proper, was a property. Mm -hmm. If we think beauty is a property of a thing, I think that means that it, I'm not 100% sure about this, but it would seem to me that if we say that something is a property of a thing inherently, then it follows that it would be dependent of humans. Because if we mm. say, you know, the tree is 100 feet tall and we say the tree is brown and we say the tree is, you know, has 435 leaves and the tree is beautiful, well, maybe the word that we use to describe 435 and brown and tall and whatever maybe those are independent of humans but still if humans were wiped off the face of the earth the tree itself would still be 435 feet tall and have Mm -hmm. you know whatever it would still have those properties it seems to me dependent of humans so i don't know that's just what it seems to me if we assume that beauty is a property
0: sure yeah, and we could go down the road of uh, logical positivists and uh, meaning and definition, I- empirical observation, all that kind of stuff. Uh, because, yeah, you are right. I mean, you start talking about beauty as some objective standard, um, or it exists objectively, and you uh, you know you, you you go pretty deeply down the metaphysical rabbit yeah. hole, and uh, the type of propositions that uh, you know you make in in trying to claim a point. Um, or make a claim.
2: Uh yeah, you got know, you, you got be yeah, please. No, no. Well, I was just I wanted to comment one more thing on your uh on both of y'all's points, but I don't want to cut you off. Uh, I was I was mostly done. Go. Okay. Uh one thing that both of you said or I think yeah, both of you said when we were talking. So, Parsons, you said that uh, you liked uh, you saw beauty in relationships, okay? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you both agreed that there's beauty in nature. And so those are different types of, those are different, two different types of beauty, I think. Uh, one of them uh, is natural beauty, okay? In the natural world, we're recognizing beauty in the natural world with like mountains and rocks and whatever, okay? And then uh, for beauty with the idea, I mean, that's com- something completely different. And so, those are two different types of beauty. Uh, are there more that we want to kind of uh, put out right now? Are there different types of things that can be beautiful?
0: Yeah, uh, I think I think beauty. When we talk about beauty, there's, there's a number of different categories that we can talk about or identify. And and this is this list is I just came up with my own. This is not exhaustive or anything. Um, I think you know one of the things we immediately think about is. Uh, human beauty, right? We say this mm-hmm. person is beautiful uh, mm-hmm. or we refer to the beauty industry. And uh, so, you know, there's human beauty and certainly past civilizations have talked about the beauty of the human body and all of that. Uh, another thing we've talked about, of course, are mountains and nature and that's the natural world. So the natural world can be beautiful ideas. I think ideas can be beautiful yep. mm-hmm. in their elegance and their structure. Um, what they propose um, and claim and uh, how they go about doing it. I think ideas can be beautiful. And then the last thing I had on my list was uh, sentiments. And that might come down to, you know, and Taylor and I were talking about relationships mm-hmm. between humans, you know, uh, the type of sentiments that we have with others. So no, know, that's kind of what I came up with.
2: Yeah, the only one, and I think that I would add and I think this could be under ideas, is a lot of people say there's a beauty in uh, math and mm, things like mm-hmm, that. And I think that's an idea, basically. Uh, but I do want to raise something like that. Like there's beauty and, uh, you know, the beauty of a, of a proof working out or, you know, a logical syllogism working out naturally. Um, and I think that's a combination between ideas and the beauty, maybe controversially, of the natural world. So, that's the only one I would add, perhaps. Taylor?
1: Yeah. No, I agree with that. And I think it's interesting to think of math, too, as being part of the natural world. But we didn't really create math. Like, those sorts of things existed without us. And we're just kind of discovering how they work together.
0: You
2: know... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we can oh,
0: yeah. My daughter, uh, who is in an honors college, uh, she has to write a, a research paper and, and she's going into the field of mathematics and, and that's her that's her research paper. Is is mathematics uh something we created to explain the world or is mathematics discovered? Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's a very interesting point. Uh, I guess one thing um that we didn't mention, but we've kind of mentioned it, is is art. The various forms oh, yeah. of art. And and I guess under my categories i created that would fall under human when i was thinking of humans and beauty i was thinking like mm. actually when we look at a human we're like oh that person's beautiful but uh i think anything created by humans that would be considered beautiful you know would fall into mm-hmm. that category
2: yeah i think it. i think that one's a good combination between humans and natural world because mm-hmm. and, and maybe ideas as well because uh, imitate art is you know what is this art is life And so art is at its root an imitation of reality, which is probably Mm. the natural world. Yeah. And the way that humans can understand the world, which is probably the natural world. So I think it's a good combo between those, uh, some of those categories. I really like your categories. I think they're pretty Mm -hmm. encompassing. Like we can divine kind of things that are intermediaries between them, but I think they're pretty good for standalone, Mm -hmm. mutually exclusive categories, collectively exhaustive too.
0: Uh, I got to tell you, just, I went I went through the trouble of doing it. Art created by artificial intelligence is all the rage these days. Uh, so I was just messing around last night and I asked G- ChatGPT or Dolly um, to create an image that represents the pinnacle of beauty. Yeah. And... <laughs> So, you know, thought is like, uh, actually, I can't do it. And this is what ChatGPT said. Uh, Beauty is quite subjective, as beauty can vary greatly based on individual taste and cultural perspectives. However, I can create an image that combines elements commonly associated with beauty in a variety of cultures. This might include a serene natural landscape, harmonious colors, and aesthetically pleasing shapes. Let's see how this turns out. Uh, And then, of course, it made a... An image, but you know, ChatGPT is making uh, quite the philosophical claim when it mm-hmm. comes to beauty.
2: Yeah, it's pretty yeah. dumb.
0: No, that is you know subjective.
2: <laughs> yeah, the, it's trying to be an inclusive AI model. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to rain on your parade. Oh no, GPT. you're not writing on it at all. I think it's funny. I think I think they're probably wrong. But would an AI be able to recognize
0: beauty? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, you can upload photos to at least dolly i don't know about the other ones yeah. um and you know so i could upload a photo of a, of a beautiful landscape and ask if it's beautiful that'd be interesting to see what it says that'd yeah.
1: be interesting and since they can kind of scan the internet they may know what people think is beautiful be able to see like people are saying that this this and that are beautiful
2: would they independently be able to recognize it's beautiful i don't know I don't know either. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting question, I think. It mm. is.
0: Um, well, how about this? Uh, beauty in, in kind of the, the everyday life, uh, in beauty and language, we use that term beautiful in, very, I think, in very specific scenarios. Uh, I don't think it's a word we use a lot. Mm-hmm. And so when we use that word, although this is true of all words, but when we use that word beautiful in its certain context, we're, we're being very intentional about saying that. We might say, you look nice, uh, but that's very different from saying, you look beautiful. And I'm kind of curious about what you guys think that difference is. Like, does that, ma- does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, wh- why do yeah. we use beauty in certain situations? Um, is it a powerful word? I don't know.
2: Well, I, I'm I'm certainly happy always to talk about this, but Taylor, if you want to go first, I'm fine oh, no, with that. No, go ahead. Well, okay. I think that language is probably used incorrectly probably 99% of the time, just because we're not being careful enough. I think that you've are you probably hit the nail on the head with the, when we say something's beautiful, at least in English and in the Southern American that I'm familiar with. We probably use it to emphasize something that's... Uh, that's more than pretty where we want to uh, you know make someone feel special and and so that's what i'm guessing when we say beauty i don't think that that's some big recognition of what's actually beautiful like oh my gosh your shoes are so beautiful are you going to say that your shoes really are beautiful probably not uh and we had this conver- we've had this conversation a few times but when we were talking about love it's like oh my god i love your hair do you really love her hair no and so i feel c- probably the same thing applies to beauty but i'm i'm kind of mean and skeptical about <laughs> these things so i'm curious what you have to say about it, taylor
1: i also thought about when we talked about love i think with love we also just i don't know that we don't we have enough words to capture that spectrum of i like your hair too i love your hair yeah, That we often, if we more than just like something, we fall to love because we don't know what else to say. But maybe with beauty, because we have other adjectives that we can use, we have pretty and nice and good and I'm sure a bunch of other yeah. things that I can't Lovely, think of right now. You know, Yeah. Lo- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that we can hold beautiful in a higher esteem. Um, and like use it more sparingly because we have more u- words to use to cover a variety of things. But I also think that it to an extent, language means what we use it for. And the meaning of words kind of evolves over time as our usage of them evolves over time. So maybe it's not so concrete and cut and dry as it may seem, or we may want it to be.
0: Let me ask you guys another question about language. Uh, and this time I want it to be, Centered around the idea of gender, um, that the term mm. beauty uh, or beautiful is more considered more feminine. Mm-hmm. So, w- when we say, if we're just being very straightforward, I suppose, uh, and we're saying, well, if you want to compliment a man, you want to compliment a mo- woman. Some people would say, like, you would say to the woman, you look beautiful, but to the man, you'd say, you look handsome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, I'm, and of course, when we talk about the beauty industry, although there are products for men, I don't know what the percentage would be. Maybe 75%, maybe more, uh, is geared for women as -hmm. opposed to men, you know. And so uh, I don't know. I'm curious what you guys think about the term beauty in relation to gender.
1: I think at least in terms of the beauty industry, I don't know. I don't know exact percentages, but I would say it's probably like 90-10 because men have like hair gel and face wash marketed to them.
0: Hey, beard oil. Beard oh, oil. beard oil, maybe some hair oil, oil
1: <laughs> and that's it. And I also, if we're gonna go down this thread, women, I feel like in terms of beauty too, women are expected to be beautiful mm. because we have this whole industry of okay, you have all the hair products, and that includes like the styling yeah. tools, it's a and the industry. mousse, and the cream, and the hairspray, and this and that, and hair dye, and all of the makeup and all of the cosmetic enhancements. And some of those things are available to men or men can use makeup and they can use hairstyling tools and they can they can use all of these things, but it's marketed to women. And there's almost an expectation that women are going to use all of them, that your hair is going to be done and like nicely, that you have it curled or straightened or like done naturally and you have on makeup. And your outfit is nice. But men don't have that same standard of you have to look nice. It's just kind of a, um, it's good, it's nice if guys look. <laughs> like, don't
0: look like a slob. <laughs> but,
1: yeah, but it's not, you're not expected to always sure like be a 10 out of 10. Yeah. And I think that gets really frustrating. And then you see all of the trickle down effects of that on women's images, like their self-image, how the beauty industry kind of corrupts that. And it's men can struggle with those things too, but I don't think it's to the extent that women struggle with them. Because it's not marketed the same way.
2: I'd agree with that. I think it's absolutely right. Well I don't I don't know if the beauty industry is a good, you know, philosophical marker of what beauty is, but I think I think it's just this will probably relate to just the type of jobs men and women have had over the past i don't know 2500,000 years uh, <laughs> and i mean even even today where there's you know uh, there's professions that are probably trying to become more inclusive or whatever uh, the one that's i don't think i have a hard time believing it will ever change but i don't know to be sure is like blue collar laboring mm-hmm. jobs in which men uh dominate And so I think men probably, as the percentage of men who don't work in blue, who work in white collar jobs increases like in service industries, I'm guessing that more beauty products will appeal to these men and there Mm. will be some standard around, oh, you have to wear like a nice suit or you have to wear a nice Patagonia or whatever to work. But I Mm. think as in the past when men have been laborers and things like this, I mean, looking good after you've been working in a machine shop all day or looking good after you've been working in the fields all day that's just an impossibility. And mm-hmm. so I think that I think that was a, a badge and so if you're saying to a guy who's been is unable to hear and has been scarred by uh, flying metal scraps and things like this that you're beautiful uh I mean I think that's something he's going to take offense to. And the fact that he can yeah I think that's probably why, but I'm guessing as more men go to service industries Mm -hmm. and things where they're not having to labor as much, I'm guessing that this industry will probably, it'll still favor women, I'm sure, but it might be a little bit more, Mm -hmm. maybe not 90-10, maybe 80-20 or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know.
0: Yeah, from my perspective, uh, I feel like the emphasis on women in the beauty industry uh, is just mountainous is that i don't know i'm just trying to think of like a a huge word um (laughs) with uh with everything from influencers uh Mm -hmm. on tiktok and uh instagram and you know it's always been important but now it's so much more visible um Mm -hmm. with social media and trends that happen in makeup and clothing and hair and all that sort of stuff uh, that didn't really happen for guys. I gotta be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean like 15 years ago I had a goatee. (laughs) Now goatees are kind of funny looking. Uh, you know, if you're under 40, which of course I'm not, I'm very fashionable with my beard at 50, but, um, (laughs) but you know, uh, you know, uh, wide ties versus uh, thin ties or, you know, uh, suit jacket mm-hmm. or no suit jacket you know or whatever things like that but even the variety of women's clothing compared to men is yeah just mind-boggling bog- mm. well it's all very interesting and 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 i think you know philosophically speaking it's important from an identity standpoint and even the fact that the that it's using the term beauty industry is uh i think you know important mm-hmm. now when we when we think about beauty and maybe even gender or we say something is beautiful is there are we saying something about its authenticity in other words, is something that is beautiful is that thing more real or more true than some other type of thing that we're not saying is beautiful does does that question make sense
2: mm-hmm.
0: when, when we witness beauty uh, is it is that thing that we're saying beautiful? Is is it artificial? Let me use, um, let me use flowers as an example. I use it in class, silk flowers versus real flowers, right? You're going to give your loved one uh, a surprise dozen roses. Well, you could go to the craft store and buy silk flowers. And uh, you know, those would last forever. Uh, I put them in a little Vase in your house and always be able to look at them, or do you buy them fresh cut flowers, fresh cut roses, uh, which will die and wilt in five to seven days? Uh, Which do we prefer more, and or which would we call beautiful? Is the cut roses beautiful or the silk flowers beautiful? And I'm wondering if that type of comparison leads us to what we consider beautiful and like whether or not something being more real is important. Like, are we saying that the, what is more real, uh, is, is more true, uh, and the more true something becomes, the more beautiful it becomes.
2: No, that makes sense. I mean, I think that I, I don't think that, I don't think beauty has much to do with authenticity, at least in what, how we use it in the language of the culture, mm. maybe maybe it does have something to do with authenticity and its root, and in what beauty actually is. But if it's the, I think the cultural perception of beauty, no, I mean I, almost everything is fake now. I think like burgers and. Burgers? That that tells you something. That's the first thing to come to mind. I'm very hungry. But like from burgers to flowers to TikTok to filters to beauty, I mean, what is real? What is really truly real anymore? And there's this um, there's this great postmodern philosopher who spends a lot of time thinking about this and how the almost the entire world now is just a representation of uh, of what it truly is and it's mm. people reacting to that representation and i think that beauty if we're thinking about that as a culture with authenticity i don't think those two are probably closely related but what do you think taylor
1: i think hmm, the authentic things can be beautiful but sometimes the most authentic and truthful things are also very ugly and horrible to look at. There's mm. a reason that we avoid the truth in a lot of cases, especially when it entails human suffering. That's a good um, point. I think there is like truth to that. The more authentic something is, the more beautiful it can be. Like flowers, the more like real a flower is, if it's just been grown and cut, that is very beautiful compared to something that we think of as synthetic. So maybe in that way, beauty goes with authenticity. But I don't think it always, it's not like a one-to-one.
2: That mm. makes sense. Let me let me just jump in before you jump in. I think some of that, though, assumes that truth is also related to beauty. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if we want to draw that distinction right now. I mean, do we?
0: Right. No, it's a good point. I mean, yeah, obviously, we can talk about Plato and the concept of the good, the yeah. true, and the beautiful, mm-hmm. and how we'll save it for next week. But as we yeah. ascend up the uh, up the pyramid to the most true and the most beautiful uh, mm-hmm. and the most good, uh, it becomes very abstracted, but it is so true um, and it is so beautiful that, uh, that, that that higher truth is, in fact, beautiful, but... Uh, that's kind of why I asked the question, um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know that we want to dive into that yeah. right now. No,
2: I, I just looking off uh, on the end of it. I I don't want to say that true something is true is necessarily beautiful. Like it, mm-hmm. it's necessary because if, are we going to say, oh yeah, that's a true rock, you know, or something? <laughs> you know, yeah. But maybe, yeah, but I'm sure they can be related. But whatever. Next week. Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. Next week. That's right. That's right. Um, Well, how about this one? So um, we're talking about beauty as being something that we all recognize. We might recognize it uh, according to ChatGPT, according to our cultures, (laughs) what we place on uh, what we consider beautiful. But is beauty evident to any human being? with rational faculties. And I guess maybe this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier is like is the observer actually important? But just as a rational versus sort of an emotional response to beauty is is are rational faculties important for recognizing beauty? And if so, what are the implications? I like how I'm just like asking hard questions to you guys. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that's, mm, that's funny. Sorry this the episode's kind of turned into that. Sorry. Can I make your question more controversial? Real quick, oh sure. I'm just going to ask it a slightly controversial way. Yeah, yeah. To it's, deflect, it's, and I think, both of, be, I I think both of you are going to be. I think both of you are going to be upset about how oh, I say it. I'm okay. ready. Can set, so essentially, what you're asking is someone can be wrong about what what they say something beautiful is. Yeah, if they have rational faculties. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just rephrasing it like that. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. Oh. So, that's so it? Say it one more time. So, yeah, I was waiting oh, okay. for more. I thought,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> Andrew's keeping it simple tonight. I thought
1: that was like a lead up question. Yeah.
0: You know, when I ask a question, it takes me like five <laughs> minutes to get it
2: out. <laughs> Something my students love. I'm just mean, I think.
0: Okay. So say it again.
2: Okay. So can I, can someone be wrong about what they think some, that what they think beauty is? Everybody knows what I'm going to say. So I'll let you, all go first.
0: I mean, I have an answer. I don't know how well fleshed out it is. Yeah. Uh, yes, people can be wrong about something being beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They just can. Uh, we can think of some pretty terrible things actually that no, I don't want to like get gross or anything, but you know, you can think of things that people do to other human beings and, uh, and, or that they appreciate for lack of a better term about other human beings that they might consider beautiful. Um, I think that's a, a warped mm-hmm. definition of beauty. So yes, I I do think people can be wrong about what's beautiful. That claim has its problems, and uh, you know, obviously. But that's that's my statement without any further explanation. What do you think, Taylor?
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, But for in the same implications, like, well, if we say people can be wrong about beauty, what are we saying?
2: But Mm -hmm. yeah, there's lots of
1: horrible things in the world, and even if you just think about the show Dexter, how he thinks about like the perfect. Way to commit a murder um, mm-hmm. because he's he's what like a psychopath or a sociopath or something.
2: Mm-hmm. and
1: he keeps his blood slides into Dexter. Mm. that's the blood slides are beautiful, and he values them very highly. but it's also um a way to demonstrate to the audience that his his psyche he has he's troubled. He has a lot of mm-hmm. troubles. and mm-hmm. most people would find that really appalling that he keeps slides with drops of blood from all of the people that he's
0: murdered. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Andrew. Hit us.
2: <laughs> I mean, I I completely agree. I don't Let disagree you. at all. Yeah. I mean, the fact is, most of us are not experts in things. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. we, if we don't judge something as beautiful... I think I mean, experts, whatever, you know, but we don't have experience judging things, I think. Mm -hmm. And so if that's true, if I've been wrong about something beautiful before, then I think I mean, and I have, I just clearly have like, the first time that you eat a steak, for instance, I'm talking about food. Are you going to be able to tell if it's medium (laughs) or rare or well done or blue or whatever is the, is the sommelier the first time they try a glass of wine going to be able to tell it's like 13% alcohol content. I mean, no, but as time occurs, you you might be able to tell the difference between a great bottle of wine Mm -hmm. or something. You recognize its properties more. right? And so, so if there's that differentiation, then that seems clearly to me to tell me, yes, somebody can be wrong about what's beautiful and what's not.
0: Yeah. I mean, we'll get into it next week and I could be wrong on this. I think it's David Hume. He talks about taste, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and although Taylor and I are talking about some pretty awful things, it's just kind of a matter of taste, to be honest, uh, w- when we kind of look at it that way. And mm-hmm. uh, someone could have bad taste. Yes, you yes. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, you
1: see it all the time with fashion, too, that some people are considered to have good taste and some people have bad taste or not so good taste. Um, and that's kind of a more lighthearted example.
0: Yeah, there's some real philosophical implications of that viewpoint as well, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, that I think immediately throws beauty into the realm of subjectivity. Mm-hmm. Which, kind of at the beginning of the show- I don't know kind of uh, which at the beginning of the show, I think all of us kind of said that uh we think there is some sort of independent objective beauty that exists that doesn't require mm-hmm. human taste,
2: oh, I'm curious how you see it as a subjective Hmm.
0: I see your point actually, well, so when it comes to matter of say like clothing um you know that that seems subjective when, when we think this piece of clothing versus that piece of clothing is beautiful, not beautiful, and Taylor might think something different, and Andrew might think something different. Um, versus when we're talking about something that's grotesque, um, and we someone might find beauty in that grotesqueness, and you know I'm like clearly like that's disgusting and horrific. Uh, yeah, I think that's maybe like my second example deals more with objectivity, whereas the first example deals with subjectivity i'm trying to say it at the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. it's it's a i i don't have it totally fleshed out uh, of course but um I, I feel like there's different types of beauty um mm-hmm. and i don't mean like you know nature versus humans or something like that but like there are types of objective beauties and there's some types of subjective beauty i think they both have value i don't know i need to work that one out a little more but th- that was a good question andrew
2: let me offer a, dis- a possible distinction, which I think is possible uh, here. Okay, so for taste, I think that that is subject- clearly subjective. Mm-hmm. Uh, what outfits do I like? Do I think Crocs look good? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Only if they're camouflage, <laughs> And then they're not really there. Uh, and, and things like <laughs> that, I think taste is clearly subjective. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, – okay, so – Taylor can think that my crocs look awful and hideous, and I can think my crocs look great. That's our taste. Are we talking about beauty there? I don't That's a good I point. I don't think so. Yeah, it's a good point. If yeah. I say, okay, what makes my crocs beautiful? Well, <laughs> what makes my crocs beautiful? And I hate Crocs, so I don't even know what I'm doing oh, okay. with this. What makes my well, they offer good support for my ankle or something, and it takes the pressure off my ankle, and I think that's a beautifully designed Piece of equipment which allows me to feel better in the world, and then Taylor, if she thinks Crocs are hideous, can say, "Well, yeah, I mean, I think they look ugly as heck, but I can see why this aspect of them is is really beautiful. And so <laughs> that might be the distinction there.
0: So, it's hard time I the of Crocs right beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay, well, we know, and all right, we we just gotta get down to this. We know Andrew's view on Crocs, Taylor, Crocs. I, uh, thumbs up, I thumbs think down. They're
1: very ugly. Yeah, I can okay, see so their I purpose. Right. Like, if you, I need to go collect eggs, I will put on my sister's crocs. <laughs> but I do not want to own a pair. I yeah. think they're
0: a pair. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. I am in the uh, crocs are really ugly camp
2: as well. I don't oh. get it. I don't get the yeah. appeal. No. I'll dress code somebody if I see crocs.
1: <laughs> are they not allowed or are you just that much? No,
2: they're or? not allowed, I think. I don't know. I mean, I'm kidding, but crocs were like super big when I was really young. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then do they, you know like, those dress back. Crocs? Yeah, they came yeah, back. Dress Crocs. I don't know how long ago. It feels like they came back to me. I didn't see them for years. Well, they got it's they, really they made a slight
0: comeback when all of a sudden you could put little uh, cutesy Gibbons. buttons on them or whatever. And I feel like yeah.
2: they had those way a long time ago. Oh, yeah. well, I think they're cute for like
1: children, like under five, maybe under seven. Oh
2: yeah, but almost
1: anything a child. a child
0: under five wears is yeah. cute. Yeah, <laughs> just because it's small. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: but like who wears Crocs? Well, my nana wears
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> like mm-hmm. a Children yeah. and yeah. old who people. Who wears Crocs, honestly?
1: <laughs> my sister. <laughs> but it's like people. a thing. But more people for who their can't utility.
2: recognize beauty. <laughs>
1: <That's> <laughs> right. I think she partially likes them for their utility because she likes to put them on after basketball. So
0: uh-huh. I can see Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That. Actually that's kind of an interesting question. Is there beauty and utility?
2: Yeah, I think it just depends what Mm -hmm. are we talking about specifically. Well,
0: yeah, yeah, practicality, whatever.
2: Like, I don't think we can say utility as a whole category is a beautiful category. Mm. But if we're saying, you know, like, Mm. the fact that my tires move in such a way that makes an optimal speed of 70 miles an hour on the highway so I don't fly out of the middle (laughs) of the street, that's pretty beautiful. Like, that's a beautiful (laughs) idea. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I think ke- the KitchenAid stand mixers are beautiful ideas. Oh
0: yeah, mm-hmm. I mean I've got this. Uh, I've got this coffee bean grinder in my kitchen, mm-hmm. and what it produces is beautiful. I don't know if it's aesthetically pleasing. It kind of fits <laughs> in with the kitchen, you know. But that's something to talk about how well something fits into the context that's around mm-hmm. it. And then we get into talking about things like uh, symmetry, mm-hmm. shape, design, mm-hmm. which. Clearly, at least the Greeks valued uh, symmetry quite a lot. Yeah. Boy, do we want to go down that road right now? I don't so do so. we, though.
2: Right? Like-
0: we do. Yeah. We do find. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. We find patterns beautiful, I think.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and symmetry yeah. is one of those types of patterns.
1: I think we also like a bit of an organicness to the patterns. We don't want them to mm. feel like they've been made to be a pattern. Like it just happens
2: yeah. that way. And I think, I mean, I don't want to get in the philosopher's route, but I think this is a beautiful idea that I think Aristotle claims that it might be Plato, it's Plato, that uh, beauty is, it's unity. Beauty, beauty is unity within a thing. Mm-hmm. And so when we have mm-hmm. things like patterns or symmetry, that's a kind mm-hmm. of unity. Yeah. And I think that Aristotle or Plato, I, I'm, I'm can mixing them up, but it's Plato again. Uh, that beauty is like the, what we see beauty as is we are recognizing perfection in a thing or something or like what Mm -hmm. it's end is. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, and it's just a beautiful idea.
0: Well, everyone, I think, uh, I think we've reached the end of our conversation today about beauty. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you thought it was beautiful. Uh, But the next thing we're going to move on to, to round us out for this episode is head over to the bookshelf. (laughs) Okay, so the bookshelf falls to me this week, and uh, I want to tell you about a book I've been reading recently. It's called Metaphysical Animals, which is kind of an interesting title. Um, Subtitle is How Four Women Brought Philosophy Back to Life, and so this is another book on the Oxford Four, as I call them, uh, which is Mary Midgley, Philippa Foot, Iris Murdoch, and Elizabeth Anscombe. It's interesting, I think, like from a publishing standpoint, that there's been two books in the last three years on them published. (laughs) I wonder, you know, publishing standpoint, we're like, will the market be able to support two books on (laughs) these women? But they do come at it from a a different perspective. By the way, uh, this book is co-authored by Claire McCumhell and Rachel Wiseman. This book really talks about the Oxford Four in their early years. So like from the mid thirties to about the, in the mid fifties, they were philosophically active all throughout their entire life. But this focuses really on period before world war two and during world war two. Um, and then the shift that came in philosophy during that time in Oxford, at least uh, I believe it happened in Cambridge as well. Cause that's where Wittgenstein was. And he changes his mind about his claims that he makes in the Tractatus. But anyway, the metaphysical animals is about we as human beings are embodied creatures and we have a natural curiosity that that is to us and that things like art religion ethics and morality all of these things are actually quite important to human beings and not meaningless which is Mm -hmm. what the logical positivists were claiming so anyway it's just about how all that developed and and how there was a shift after world war ii so anyway good stuff that's what i'm currently reading sounds interesting yeah Mm
1: -hmm. i'll need to pick up a book on the oxford Four. that or the women are up to something both of them you've rated very Yeah, that's the
0: other one yeah on them the women are up to something yeah well, okay that's it yeah. great, great stuff. all right everyone thanks for tuning in today we hope you had a beautiful time listening to this episode on beauty be sure to join us next time when we are going to talk about beauty from a perspective of multiple philosophers from different eras
1: yeah and we want to hear your beautiful thoughts on this episode so if you would like to let us know anything, let us know what you thought of the episode. You can message us on Instagram at Open Door Philosophy or send us an email at contact at com, or give us a rating if you enjoyed this podcast, that's very helpful. Or share us with a friend
2: and also slap that uh, subscribe button to YouTube. <gasps> yeah. And you can go over and subscribe to us on our newsletter in the description right now do it and somebody will win a teddy bear just kidding and, uh, and, and, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Teddy bears are not, they are beautiful. I can't lie. Teddy bears are beautiful. Okay. They are cute. Mm-hmm. That's true. Okay. Maybe <laughs> their fur could be beautiful. Okay. Anyways, uh, Kevin MacLeod's music. Very beautiful. Sorry. <laughs> thing is subtle. Thank you so much for letting us use it. And remember, when your life is in need of some philosophy, the door is always open. Bye, guys.
1: Bye. Wait,
0: what? Bye. 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 Oh, <laughs>